Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Stacey Cicerón Show. In 2020, I've been noticing a lot of you have been bitten by the entrepreneurial bug. You pivoted during hard times and you've turned lemons into lemonade. Whether you started an online business, e-commerce, an online boutique, direct sales, MLM, or just a flat out brick and mortar business, you sprung into action and took ownership of your own finances. But did you do the research though? (laughs) Did you research business structures, legal entities, legal structures, business licensing, or tax laws? It's okay if you didn't because in This episode, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to my personal accountant, CPA James Lee. James Lee has been working with me and my family in our personal and business affairs, helping us to get it all the way together. I can't wait to share with you. Stay tuned. Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me back again. I appreciate that and uh, hope that I can be of help in giving some uh, vital information to uh, the listeners out there. Yes. Can you believe it's been two years? I mean, the information you gave was so classic that I can literally... I I literally post it every year around the same time. I posted it in December 2018, December 2019. I'm going to post it again after this information. It was so amazing. Can you believe it's been two years? Yeah, time flies, honey. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but wow, it's amazing. I know. So I'm really, I'm really grateful that I know you're a busy guy. (laughs) I'm really grateful that you always squeeze me in. I just, I I just always feel like, wow, you see, you you know, I try, I try to do whatever I can to help people to give back in life because, you know, I didn't get to where I'm at by, by myself. Other people helped me in other various ways, ways, to get to the point where I'm at right now in my business and my career and my life. So uh, giving back is very important in any business that you're doing because the only way you can grow is by helping other people to grow. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, you know, the, one of the, the main reasons, like I, we spoke, you know, previous to this recording, one of the main reasons that I have you here today is to talk about um obviously business, finance, and accounting. But I don't know if you've noticed this, but in 2020, we've been going through an <laughs> unprecedented time. You'd exactly. have to be living under a rock if you um, haven't noticed that the world is upside down. But even with the world being upside down, there are many courageous people who are quickly pivoting, who are quickly making decisions to um, make the best out of what they have. Before we came on this recording, I basically was telling you that I noticed that there have been an onset of people starting new businesses, whether it be online or in person. I mean, rightfully so. I feel like these people have been really brave and courageous to see that The world is upside down and they have taken steps to take ownership of their lives, of their finances um, and starting new businesses. Have you seen the same thing? Have you seen? I've been I've been seeing sort of the same type of situation. And unfortunately, it takes it took this pandemic for people to 
venture out and try uh, other things other than nine to five. And I think that's a great experience. And I think that uh, that's a good move to a lot of people because of the fact that with this virus going on, you know, you can't just be in a crowd of people in an office. And if you can build, you start your own business via internet, uh, that would be the ideal way to go these days. Yeah. So basically, at the beginning of this year, personally, I, you know, was faced with the same thing that a lot of people have been faced with, kind of the isolation, the fear, kicking into survival mode. Um, But I would say that I have been really blessed um, with the opportunity to pivot and bring my business online because I am in education. Even though I'm in the hair and beauty industry, as an educator, I've been able to pivot with the brands that I work with and do a lot of the education online. So I had that temporary setback, but it seems like it is, you know, now that times are changing and we're able to bring this information online, I've been benefiting from that. So um, would you say that the pandemic has affected your business in any way? Yeah, yeah, we had to close down our office for like uh, three, I think it was about three months uh, at the beginning of the year. And yes, it was an adverse effect on my business because of the fact that we couldn't come in, we had to work from home. We couldn't see any clients. But then the good thing about my business is that many years ago, I would say not about five years ago or so, maybe longer than that, I started my business uh, paperless where clients did not have to come into my office. They could upload their documents on uh, each one of my clients have a mailbox on my website and they could upload their documents to that mailbox and then we download it into their system, into our system and we are able to do their tax return while uh, they upload documents that they did. And so this is uh, this has helped our business a lot uh, even though we had to close down and we uh, suffered some of the financial consequences of having to do that. Uh, however, with, with the new uh, introductions and things that we're doing right now to make our business more viable on the Internet, uh, and I think this is going to be a big enhancement to our business because of the fact that we are making it more widely uh, uh, user friendly, where people don't have to come into our office, where they can, where everything can be done by Zoom or downloading documentations into their their portal. And I think anyone who's starting a business while internet these days are doing a smart thing because of the fact that you can reach so many people through the internet. And you can sell your products so much easier through the internet. And this is why a lot of the storefronts are closing down, like a lot of the big stop shopping centers, like Macy's is closing down some of their stores because a lot of people are doing that now. They're shopping online. They don't want to be in a store where they can be vulnerable to the virus and the pandemic that's going on. So I commend anyone who is... That has the courage enough to start a new business, and uh, basically, it all it takes is some discipline to be successful in your business. If you have a product that's that's viable and good, and something that people can use, then I think by all means you should be out there trying to promote it. 
internet-wise as opposed to storefront-wise because at least with, with the internet, you don't need a brick-and-mortar building and you don't have as much overhead as you would with a storefront. Right. So I'm glad that you mentioned discipline because um, working with you for the past eight years, I was just thinking about it like, wow, we started back in um, 2012, you know, with one business, um, then my husband's business, then my business and then the family, you know, um, affairs. So I basically trusted you with my whole everything, you know, with all of my fears. But one thing I have learned um, from being under your mentorship and, you know, your professional services is that it's really important to be disciplined and stay on top of your financial affairs because, um, you know, anything can, you just really, anything, I don't want to say anything can go wrong because I'm really straying away from, you know, these kind of negative Mm -hmm. ideas, but you really want to take charge and take ownership because I think that that can help you build confidence and you're able to plan and strategize on how you can build and grow. So I definitely want to talk about the discipline aspect, but like I mentioned before in our past interviews was that I didn't start out with the discipline. Plan. And I know a lot of people listening are not starting out with the discipline. And that's why I wanted to bring this fresh information here today. So in 2018, when we did our initial interview, I could have literally, Mr. Lee, I could repost that. As a matter of fact, I am going to be reposting that interview um, next week. But although it was classic and, and timeless information, I feel that I really wanted to know if uh, that information is still relevant now during the pandemic. So first, I want to talk about, um, yes, let's commend these people that had courage to step up and open new businesses, whether it's online or in person. So my first question is starting a new business, whether it's e-commerce, an online boutique, or a brick-and-mortar storefront, is it the same process? Has anything changed with that, especially now during these times? Well, not, not, not drastically. There was no major changes in, in, doing, in doing that. Uh, I would say one of the things that you want to do is uh, think about what type of entity you want to be, first of all, whether you want to be a sole proprietor, whether you want to be a, a LLC, or S corporation or C corp because you got so many different entities out there and it's, and, and some of them carry a little more tax burden than others. So you have to really, you know, sit down with someone who's knowledgeable in the area of in setting up your business, whether you want to be, like I said, a corporation or a sole proprietor, you can be all of those things, but you have to decide which one is more advantageous and more beneficial to you and to your the type of business that you're doing. So you need to seek professional help in uh, con- consulting in that aspect uh, as of what type of business should I set up, whether I should have a storefront, whether I should do an e-commerce business. And right now, I would encourage, depending on the type of business that you're going into, I would encourage most people to try e-commerce because of the fact that with a brick-and-mortar building, you're not going to get a lot of traffic coming in because of the pandemic. 
but people will always be on the internet, you know, researching and looking for things to buy or looking for things to sell or looking for things to get involved with. So I would say that would be the more viable way to go right now is e-commerce. If you know and have knowledge of how to set up that type of business and the ins and outs of it, you need to learn, first of all, everything that you need to learn about your type of business that you're in, how you can promote it on the Internet, and how would, it, uh, would people take to it being seen it on the Internet. And you have to make, depends on what type of business it is, you have to make good visual uh, products so that people can see what it's all about and make sure that they can read the ingredients. So if it's a, a, if it's a product that you have to intake, if it's clothing of, of, of such, you want to make sure that people can see the, the finished product of it so that they can decide whether they want to do business with you or not. Mm-hmm. But these are some of the aspects that you want to consider and uh, I would say with this pandemic, you definitely uh, would be more successful, I think, with the business that is e-commerce on the Internet as opposed to a brick-and-mortar business because the government is constantly shutting down these businesses. And if you're not a vital uh, business, they could shut you down. In my case, they shut us down, okay, because of the fact that, I mean, we were bringing vital services to people. However, they didn't want uh, people to get infected by coming into our office, so they closed us down for like two months, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would definitely encourage people to try e-commerce as much as possible because it's the way of the future. And also some people are doing blended. So they have a storefront and they're doing some components of it um, that are online. But I wanted to talk to you, too, uh, about um, you You were talking about the legal entities or the legal structures, the S Corp, the LLC or C Corp. Um, but I noticed there is a little... I don't know if it's a gray area, but I know me personally, when I was looking to start... Um, um, another stream of income, there are things like affiliate um, affiliate programs, commission programs, where you can promote other people's product, or like I just signed up to be an Amazon affiliate, and they don't necessarily ask you for business information. So is it, do you have to have a legal structure or can you operate under your own name? When When do you know it's time to have an LLC or an S Corp or C Corp, because like I said, with this affiliate program, a lot of people might be thinking, oh, if it's just like, you know, a couple hundred dollars here and there, I don't need to invest in starting a legal structure. This affiliate program just commissions here and there. It's not a huge stream of income. Is that the correct way of thinking about it? If it's a little bit of money, I can do it on the side. I don't need to report it. Or I have to wait till it's a X amount of dollars before I create a legal structure. What do you well, think? Well, I would, I would, I would recommend once you, if you are exposed, I would, de- I would determine that based on your uh, liability exposure. Okay, because if you, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, if you are, uh, are teaming up with. Uh, Amazon, uh, one of those companies like that, and going to promote their products or, or going to work with them, then you don't necessarily need 
uh, uh, entity because they are going to be the one that's going to have to take the responsibility if there's a liability suit or anything of that nature. Right. However, if your exposure, if you're going into a business that you're going to be exposed to possible lawsuits if people take your product and get sick from it, if it's something that you have to ingest, yeah. or if people buy your product and they, if it's a facial cream or something allergic that, reactions or, or allergic yeah. reaction, you know, people are very so happy these days. They oh, yeah. Any and every little thing they can. So this is what you have to be cognizant of and careful with. That if your exposure is great, the, the, the greater your exposure to that type of situation, the more you want to consider incorporating because of the fact that uh, with incorporating, whether you are LLC, S Corp, or C Corp, uh, you don't have to worry about them suing you personally. They can only go after whatever the asset of your corporation or your business own. They cannot go after your personal home, your personal uh, insurance, or anything of that nature. So these are the things that you want to be cognizant of when you're going into business that what is my exposure? If you look, for example, you're going into a restaurant business, people get food poisoning. They could, they, if they can point it back to your restaurant, they can bring about a lawsuit against your restaurant, okay? And cause all kinds of headaches for you. Okay, because you have, once that happens, you're going to have all of the, uh, the, the people from the town of wherever you live coming in to test your food and do all kinds of research on your food to see if that's the case. And they're going to bring a lot of negative exposure to your business. So you want to make sure that you cover yourself in that aspect that you have coverage if you're in that type of business, any type of business where people are going to be ingesting or using your product. Clothing is a different type of situation. You know, people are not going to sue you because they bought a dress from you that is too small for them. They're going to send it back to you. So in that aspect, you don't have as much exposure. But if you're dealing with any kind of products that you people are taking internally or externally, you have to be very careful with your exposure. Well, you know, I'm in I'm in the hair and beauty industry. So a lot of my colleagues are hairstylists, makeup artists, photographers, um, you know, fashion stylists, wardrobe consultants, set designers, you know, artists, graphic artists, web designers. So they I mean, hairstylists, yes, we deal with chemicals, makeup artists, they deal with the skin. So I -hmm. guess we fall under that, too. Um, But my question is, well, I guess you can speak to that. And then I have a a question right after that. So hair, makeup, creative people that are just kind of like, I guess, in a touch more, more of a touch environment rather than um, an actual product that people have to take in and protect themselves too. You can have any, any, any hair business, you can have issues there also because I'll never forget, my mother had beautiful hair like yours, and she went to a beautician to get her hair done here in New York, and they, she wound up losing, going bald, because the lady put some kind of chemicals in her hair that was not good for her, and she lost all of her beautiful hair like yours. Wow. Did it ever grow back? Excuse me? Did it grow back? No, ma'am. It did not grow back. 
My mom had to wear a wig after that for all for the rest of her life. Oh my! Yeah, my mother had beautiful hair, just like all of her daughters. I don't know if you met all of them, but like Sharice's hair. Yes. And you got it. So, you, so even there, you have to be very careful because mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't sue the lady. Okay, but that was back years, many, many years. Well, honey, years if before. that was 2020, but, she would be a rich lady. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> because uh, she would have sued. And had I known that that had happened when I was, because I was still in the South when that happened, she was here in New York. And so I didn't, I wasn't aware of it until I, she told me about it, but it was too late then to sue. But in any case, you, you know, you have to be cognizant of those things and you would make up. You could put makeup on a person's face and they can break out into hives or they can break out into something that cause their skin to, you know, to be uh, damaged. So therefore, and if especially if there's a person that used their face to make money, yes. okay, you have to be very careful. So yeah. you want to make sure that your exposure to those things are limited because you have coverage in case they try to sue you. And you're not saying that that would happen, but you want to be prepared in any case. I always say when preparedness meets an opportunity is, is, is a perfect you know, thing. When you're prepared and the opportunity comes by, and it could be an adverse opportunity or it could be a positive uh, opportunity. Right. And you want to be prepared for it. Okay? Right. Uh, so these are the things that you have to be very cognizant of when you are dealing with the general public. Yes. So can somebody consider themselves a business owner? Because a lot of people are just kind of throwing this label out, you know, that they're entrepreneurs and I'm a business owner. Can you technically, can you be a business owner if you don't have a legal structure? Can you just say it? Well, you know, you can have, you can be a business owner without having a, a, a legal structure. You can be, like I said, you can be a sole proprietor. Sole proprietor, you don't need to have, a, you know, a business structure, but you still are going to be exposed, is exposing yourself to things that could affect you and your business. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why I encourage people who are going into business, who are, uh, are thinking about going into business, to consider setting up a, 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 a entity to protect their rights and protect them because of the fact that if you just open up, you know, say I'm in business and you go out there and you put up a shingle saying I do facials, I do hair, and then you get involved in doing that and you, like I say, you damage somebody here, you damage somebody's face or body and they say, oh, this is not good. I'm going to seek law, a loss. I'm going to seek my, talk to my lawyer about this. Right. You know, and you don't have the, the proper entity set up and you have a sole proprietorship, which is, you know, nothing at all, then your whole life is vulnerable. Your, in other words, your personal uh, uh, finances, your everything that you own personally comes into play now. Okay. Because if you don't have su- substantial insurance to cover that lawsuit, they're going to, they, these lawyers, I'm telling you, they have no mercy on anyone. Right. All, they're, all they're concerned about is putting some money in their clients' pocket and putting some big dollars in their pockets as well. Right. Okay? So they will go after whatever you have that they can get some money from to pay their client and pay themselves because they don't want to work for free. Okay. So let's yeah. say, 
So let's say in, you know, in all the excitement, um, the person didn't do all their research and they just, you know, they click some button, they click some ad, they click some button, sign up now for your six figure business or sign up now. And they clicked it and they went through all the process. And before you know it, they have a business, they have an online boutique, they're an affiliate, um, they, they're starting a business and they didn't okay. do things, they didn't set up any legal structure. Is there any statute of time as to when they can kind of retract? Because I know um, now during the pandemic, a lot of the, the laws and regulations and policies have been a little bit kind of all over the place. Is it is there some kind of leniency if if they didn't set it up the correct way? No, ma'am. There's, there's no kind of, there's no kind of I, did, I didn't think you were going to say that. I did not think you were going to say that at all. You just said flat out no. No, it's a flat out no. No, once the once that I always tell people once that water passes under the bridge, there's not a whole lot can be done. Mm-hmm. That's why you want to make sure that you do what is do what is necessary before that water flows under that bridge because of the fact that once it's gone through, there's nothing that you can do. In other words, to give you an example, I've had some clients, uh, and I'm not calling their clients but by name because I'm not allowed to do that, but I've had some clients in the past that they, they did some things after they before they talked to me, they went and did what they were going to do. And then they come to me and told me what they did and, and asked me what can be done. I'm saying, listen, if you had come to me prior to doing what you did, I could have given you a whole lot of ways to handle it. But now that you've done it, there's no recourse whatsoever. So now we have to pay the taxes as they are due. And mm-hmm. I'm talking on a, from a tax point of view. Right, like, right. Okay? But it's, it's the same thing happens in, in, in business. You need to determine. Once you see it, I mean, you, if you see where you're starting out making some, a small amount of money and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it starts to grow and you then you need that, that that point in time, you need to say, okay, I need to rethink this thing and, and see whether uh, and determine whether I need to set up a business or a legal entity or continue to go on doing the way I'm going, the way I'm going. And like I said, if you are... Uh, uh, pulling a ride on the court tail of a big corporation like Amazon mm-hmm. and doing business through them, and they may cover your aspects of any things that are uh, any uh, adverse situation that may arise if there's something arise, uh, you know, with you doing business with them or through them. Okay, because they've got to protect themselves, so therefore they're going to make sure that you are protected. Right. And uh, a lot of times Amazon and those guys will tell you if you need to set up an entity, depending on what you're doing for them, if you're working with through them, they will they will sometimes advise you whether you need to set up an entity to protect yourself and them as well. So basically what I'm hearing is that um, although we are in the middle of a pandemic, the law is still the law and people have to do their research and do their due diligence. But I will say um, those people who started their business in 2020, there's still a little bit of time for them to get it together. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. 
Yes. They, okay. They We're not talking about better. people from 2019 or anything like that. They they got bitten by the bug this year. They started it this year. They still have a few weeks or a few months to kind of get their 2020 affairs in order, right? Yeah. Yes, they yeah they they still have time to if, if they started the business in 2020 because of the pandemic they have a, a little time to decide whether okay I want to go this way that way or you know want to continue to just do it the way I'm doing it but uh, yeah they they you don't have to make a, deci- a, a, a decision immediately you know depending on type of the type of business that you're doing I would I would say think about it and talk with uh, you know consult with some people. Uh, depending on again, depending on the type of business that you're going to be starting, all right? right? Because you got so many different variation of business that you can start, and and and, and uh, some of them do not bring exposure to you, and but most of them can bring exposure to liability exposure to you, right? Right. Okay? So you have to determine well, well, how my what you know when you're doing that, you have to think about what's my exposure now. If, if I sell a product to someone or I, if I'm in the construction business and I fix somebody's house and I don't do it right, what's my exposure for them to come after and sue me or report me to the Better Business Bureau? Okay, because you have those aspects that you have to consider also because if you are a business, growing business and successful, you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing so that you don't get reported to the Better Business Bureau because then that's going to be an adverse effect on your business because, you know, because that company reports everything. Okay. So these are the things that you want to consider in, in doing, setting up your business. And like I say, you don't have to rush into making a decision right away. You have time, which is something that you need to do. Speaking about, you know, doing the due diligence and you still have a little time to get your 2020 affairs in order, um, a lot of uh, people, including some people that I know right here in my own household, have been (laughs) asking questions about this government loan and um, to help start the business. So maybe uh, you're looking to get finance to start a business and... um, or you already have a business. Can you talk to us about, the, it's just so much confusion to me. And honestly, it's a bit, um, I'm very apprehensive about signing up for this no payback loan, this low interest loan. I've been, I've been so diligent about paying off debt. Even the idea of 1% in a loan is just completely scary to me at this point. So can you talk to us a little bit about these government loans, this government payout? Like, what is our responsibility, our liability? Is it a good idea to sign up for these government programs for yourself or for your business? Well, uh, I would say for your business, if you have a vibrant, a vibrant business going and you want to, you know, uh, build upon it and adventure, you know, out into other things or just build up that business that you can have, you know, you can do a little bit more things with. I would say these government loans are not bad because a 1% loan is not a, 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 a bad thing. Because if you went to the bank and you borrowed, let's say you went to the AS, uh, SBA, Small Business Administration, and you have and you have a vibrant business going where you can prevent 
uh, present financial documents to show that your business is a thriving business and uh, if you, and, and you need some money to help build it and make it grow even more, I would say these 1% government loans are not, are not a bad thing because of the fact that you're paying back 1% as opposed to 5 or 6 or at the bank, 7, 8, 9, 10%, because if your credit is not great, then the more you're going to be pay, paying back in interest. And uh, you know, paying the interest on any loan is a big deal. It's a lot of money, all right? So uh, the, the, the only drawback to these government loans that I, the, neg- the only negative is that if you, they usually give you, I think, like 15 years or so to pay it back or 10 years to pay it back. The only thing is if you're going to pay it back over that period of time, you're going to be paying back a lot of money, Ooh. all right? Because of the fact that, but if you can, let's say, take it for three years and pay it back in three years, maybe even five years, you will be ahead of the game, all right? But if you stretch it out over the whole 15 year or, or whatever years they allow you, then you're going to be paying back a lot of money because you're going to be paying double the amount that you borrowed. All right. You heard uh, anything about the one where you don't have to pay it back? Well, I'm going to that- talk about that. I'm going to talk about that also. Okay. I'm not sure if that's going to be in this package or not, but they last time, last package they offered, they had a $10,000 uh, that you could get from them and that you didn't have to pay back, providing that you didn't take the PPP. Okay, the PPP, as most people uh, know, should know, is for payroll protection program. Mm -hmm. All right. And if you have a business where you have payroll and you are filing 941s and NYS 45s, if you live in New York uh, or if you live in other states, whatever that state requirements for you to file to for you to show that you are paying people on the books. Uh, then that that is a very good loan to take if you have that type of situation. Mm-hmm. If you have employees and you can't afford to pay them, take the PPP loan. And if you can prove that this money was used for payroll and uh, various other expenses like utility, mortgage interest, if you own your own building for your business, uh, these things can be written off on that loan and you don't have to pay that loan back. So the, this is, the PPP can be a good thing, but you know, like I was listening to the news this morning and unfortunately one guy who, I think he got uh, one point something million dollars from the government through the PPP loan, he falsified his his uh, payroll documents mm-hmm. and he used that money to go out and buy him. Well, from what the news media said, he used the money and went out and bought himself a Bentley and some other things with the money that he got. And now he's being incriminated and they're going to bring, be brought up on charges for it. So it doesn't pay to do it uh, fraudulently. Yeah. yeah, to do it fraudulently. It's better if you have a payroll, like my company, we got, a, we got uh, some money from the government for the PPP and it was used for my employees to pay them while they were working from home. Okay, right. while our income was minimized because we weren't able to see clients and, and make the kind of money that we needed to make. All right. But uh, that is that is a big benefit to anybody who has a payroll and have, that has a business to take advantage of that PPP loan. And now you were talking about 
um, having one versus the other. So you, if you have one, you cannot get the other. No, you can. You can okay. get both. If you, if you have a, a vibrant business, you can get the PPP loan and you can get the, uh, you can apply for an SBA loan. Okay. All right. So no, no one does not negate the other. Okay. Got you. Got, get you. Both. Got you. And if you are sole proprietor, meaning that you uh, have not set up an entity and you are sole proprietor and your business is affected, then you can also apply for uh, uh, money for yourself and put yourself on payroll if you want. Uh, or you could uh, take the ten thousand, or you could, if they offer it the second time around, that ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, you can apply for that as a self-employed person. Okay. Wow. Now yeah. there was one um, hairstylist that I know. She worked for a salon for three or four years, and um, unfortunately, the salon closed down. But during the pandemic, she went to apply for some of these uh, programs. And they said that they had no record of her payroll. And she had been getting paid on the books, or so she thought. Is there a situation where a business could be paying you, but the government had, hadn't had a chance to record it? What do you think may have happened there? When she went to apply, they said they have no record of her uh, pay, payroll or payments for the last three years. And to oh, no, acknowledge she was getting this, paid on the books. Was this a business owner or the, one of the employees that worked for the business? The employee. Okay, so uh, the business owner would have had to file 941s and NYS 45s at the end of each quarter. Okay, mm-hmm. at the end of each quarter, and that's January, February, March, April, May, June, so et cetera, et cetera. But right. if they didn't file those reports, then there would be no records of that person being on payroll. And that person should have gotten, if uh, they're on payroll, they should have gotten a W-2 in 2019 for working for that person. Okay. okay. Um, if, she if said that she did get a, a, a W-2. But anyway, this is a very specific situation. I'm just going to have her to call you. But is there any way that if the business did not um, have a record of payment, could this person still get help from the government? Well, they could get unemployment. Unemployment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could possibly get unemployment, whether they work for that beauty salon or whether they work for themselves as a sole proprietor, they can file for unemployment as long as they're not uh, making money at the time that they apply for unemployment. Because you see what happened is if you're making money uh, and, you apply for, and you apply for unemployment, that's fraudulent. So they right. bring, the government will bring, could bring charges up on you. So right. you to be very careful that you're not double dipping. And right. double dipping so, meaning getting money from the government and also taking a paycheck from your business. Okay. Well, this was, I mean, as always, you have dropped some amazing gems, classic, you know, but very specific to this time that we are in. Is there any bit of advice um, that you want to leave the listeners with that um, have started their new business in 2020 or thinking about starting their business moving forward, you know, because they've gotten bitten by this entrepreneurial bug? Is there any last little gems you want to leave them with? Well, I can I can say one thing that's a person that has the courage to venture out and start their own business, that is a good thing. I think anyone that has an idea or concept 
and, and wants to be independent, that would be the perfect way to go is by starting your own business. And I think that, uh, as I said before, in starting your own business, if you use your discipline and, and, and make sure that you do what you have to do with the money that you're making, because sometimes people have made this money and they've, you know, and they and and they don't know what to do with it, and they wind up spending it and not having business money to run their business with. So you have to be disciplined in that aspect to make sure that you keep a certain amount of money aside to in reserve to run your business with, and and to continue to grow your business. But anyone who is looking to step out into faith right now to start a business, I would definitely encourage you to do that. I would definitely. Uh, say that there's a there's a perfect time to do that at this time, and 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 you could all be successful if you just put forth the effort and energy and the time into your business because it does take time, it does take effort, and it does take a lot of discipline. Well, you know what? I know I said the last little gem, but as you were talking, something just popped into my mind because we went back to that discipline and that. Apparently, that word discipline is a, just a, a trigger for me. It's a trigger word because I know how important it is to be disciplined and do your due diligence. A lot of people feel, and this will be my last question and we can close it close it out. Okay. Um, a lot of people feel, especially now with this technology, they can do it themselves. The DIY community, do it yourself. Right. There any, now, I personally, I think you just have to know yourself. You have to know what you're capable of. You yes. got to know if you're going to be consistent, disciplined, and stay on top of this. Are there, what are the, how do you feel about the do-it-yourself community versus seeking professional help? What are the dangers of, um, and I don't want to downplay doing it yourself because some people might be able to stay consistent, but do you see any advantages or disadvantages of doing it yourself versus seeking professional help? Well, it depends on what kind of professional help you're seeking. Uh, but no, I don't see a big advantage to that. I think that if a person, like I said before, they're disciplined enough, they can be very successful on their own without having a third party in involvement. But it's always good to get professional advice from a person who's been in business or who is in that same type of business that you're in and is successful in doing it it's always advisable to talk with them if you can to find out how did they do it? How, what got them to from point uh, A to, to the next plateau of their life, their business. All right. But yeah, no, it's nothing wrong with seeking help. But if you know what you're doing and how to go about doing it and you put forth the effort and the energy and the, the disciplinary measures that you need then you can do it by yourself. Okay. And you don't now, need help mothers. Now, if they have something like a QuickBooks or uh, I don't even know what's out there now because I let you handle everything, but there, there are apps that are popping up every day that can help people with their taxes, whether it be QuickBooks, Mint, TurboTax, and stuff like that. Are you able to offer support with that? Can they sync it with your system at the end of, let's say they handled it themselves every quarter for the whole year. Can they bring you their work and then um, like seal it at the end of the year, so to speak, or you rather just do everything yourself from scratch when you have a new client? 
Oh, I mean, uh, if a client comes to me and want to consult with me about doing their own work and having me to look it over and determine whether they did it right, I don't have an issue with that. Okay. I don't. I do not have an issue with that. I have no problem looking over a person's uh, work and saying, "Yes, you did a good job here. You can go ahead and sign off one and mail it out, all right, or, or email it or whatever the case may be." But uh, I don't think that's necessary. That I have to be involved in doing the work for them. They okay. can do it themselves if they're capable of doing it and know the ins and outs you know, of the tax laws and, 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 and their business laws that they're getting involved with. <laughs> okay, so thank you again. Now tell the listeners where they can find you. How can they connect with you? You're just up the block for me. I'm lucky, but um, <laughs> if somebody is in Arkansas, Oklahoma, California, I mean, New Jersey, Connecticut, does it matter what state they're in? How can they connect with you what is what is yeah, that like? we, we we uh we do taxes in uh, lots of different states and any state that you're in if you need help doing your taxes we can help you the government the federal tax return is all the same no matter where you at what state you're in in the united states they're the same we're cut and dry if states tax returns varies here and there but they all follow the guidelines of the federal tax return basically all right, so once you do the federal tax return, everything is triggered right to the state return. And basically, all you have to do is look over and make sure that the numbers are in the right place, and that's it. Uh, so you know, so basically, no matter where you're at, if you need help, I can help you, no matter what state you're in. I do taxes for California, South Carolina, uh, Texas, you know, which they don't have a city, a state tax, but I do the federal part for them. Florida, again, don't have a state tax unless you're a corporation, but uh, we do the federal tax return for them. So basically, anybody can do their own taxes if they really put their mind to it. And if they need help, they can always seek an accountant. We are in New York. Our, our brick and mortar building is at 1315 Grand Avenue in Baldwin. Our email, our website is www.land. Lacounting.com. That's www.landlacounting.com. All right. And uh, you can go on our website and there's a lot of good information on there, questions and answers for you that you can go, you can click a button and you can come up with all kinds of tax questions and answers to your tax questions that you may have. And if there's something that's not there that you need to find ask, you can always shoot me an email. And uh, my email address is jlcpa at landlaccounting. That's J-L-C-P-A dot com, And our office phone number is 516-292-1983. And we are open 9 to 5 pretty much every day. All right? Somebody's at the office. Even though some of the staff work from home, we have uh, 24, oh, I shouldn't say 24 hours. <laughs> but we have, you, your phone call will be answered 
uh, at least anywhere from nine to six o'clock, from 9 a.m. to six o'clock in the evening, you will get a human being on the phone. And thereafter or before that, you will get our voice message, of course. All right, but you can leave a message and we will return your call as soon as we get into the office. And if we're not into the office, all my staff is capable and have the accessories that they can work from their home. So if we, even if our office is closed, we can still get our phone calls, we can still do our work, and we can still run the business just like if we were here in the brick and mortar build, build, building. And you can also meet with them virtually the same way yes. that we're doing and now. You can do a Zoom meeting with me if you need to. So to discuss anything that you might, any matters that you may have that you want to address. Okay, so basically, everybody, I am going to leave all of the information that Mr. Lee shared, um, all, uh, all of his contact information. I'll be leaving it in the show notes. Mr. Lee, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of this great information. I trust you with everything. And I'm just always honored when you can just squeeze me into your busy day. Um, And thank you so much for sharing. I know this information is going to help a lot of people. And listeners, if you found any gems or any takeaways in this episode, you know what to do. Like, share, comment, let us know what are your biggest takeaways. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Talk to you in the next episode. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you.